Welcome to the Light Lounge. This is Thomas. I'm a lighting designer in New York City. I am very excited today because I speak to Jan Wiechert. He is a project manager and team leader at Cardoff Engineers in Berlin. And we speak about transportation and specifically lighting for cars and for airplanes. Also, we touch base on hospitality and projects in the Middle East. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Light Lounge. I am Thomas, and today I speak with the wonderful Jan Wiechert. Hi Jan, how are you? Very good, very good. Um, thanks so much for for your time and for making this call happen. Um, I'm I'm very excited actually because Jan is like is working for one of the I would say worldwide well most known company in the lighting design industry. You so you are um, yeah. Why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about your your short bio where where you're coming from, how you got into lighting, and what are you doing now? Yes, uh, so um, basically I'm at Cardoff Engineers Lighting Design since uh, nearly 12 years now. Um, wow. Before I've studied uh, lighting design in Hildesheim, similar to you. Um, yeah, and um, how I came to the business of lighting. Yeah, um, I started when I was um, around 16, I guess, um, with lighting in some nice small clubs so as a lighting light mm -hmm. jockey mm -hmm. i would call it um with some concerts and of course yeah uh, parties um just as a as a kind of hobby but i like this the lighting topic very much and i'm uh maybe i'm also a bit influenced by my by my family my father is an electrical engineer uh -huh. um and my mother is a teacher in musician so in a way oh, kind yeah. of technical and creative background um yeah um and then i decided in a day um lighting to study in hildesheim in a professional way and yeah uh, so i'm here now <laughs> Here now means in Berlin. Yeah, in Berlin and uh, yeah, where's my resident and my company or the company where I'm working for. But I mean, the projects are um, all over the world, but mostly Germany, Europe, Middle East. Yes. Well, um, where do you grow up? Where are you actually from in Germany? Um, from the western part between Osnabrück and Oldenburg. Okay, nice. Do you still? I, I think that's a very beautiful. Um, that's a very beautiful. How to say? Like not the heritage, but like the origin of your of your story, as lighting. I think for me always combines the beauty of like science and art and what your parents do and the influences of your parents. Um, I think explain this in a very beautiful way. How how lighting can then emerge from 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 these beautiful combination. Do you still have influences today from the? from the time as a light jockey where you were doing um, yeah, more event lighting? Um, yeah, I think um, as because I'm not an architect as a background, um, but we are working in all projects close to architects and with architects. Mm -hmm. And most of my colleagues are architects. But I think when you're coming from the event, when you have your roots there, then you are quite open-minded to 
all other technologies you can find in the event business, like dynamic lighting or um, moving lights, um, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you're you're looking into this business when with with uh, um, yeah, and maybe if there are some interesting topics or technologies, you are trying to apply them or you try to use them if it's necessary in other projects also. Yeah. Um, so one reason why I, I'm so excited to speak to you is because, of course, your experience is are across over all disciplines. And I think Cardiff is one of the one of the companies that has their expertise in a in a wide variety from smaller um, from smaller projects out of the hospitality environment, but also into large scale projects. Why I think um, why I think your conversation might be so interesting for listeners or for people who are interested in the lighting design industry is that there is so much happening in the automotive industry right now, especially with Tesla and electro mobility and all the all all the realm in the in the automotive industry. You have um, collected quite a lot of experience in how to in the in this kind of field in retail environment and how to basically light automotives would you what are your what are your biggest challenges in in this and what what's the most fun part of it um yeah you said we have a lot of different projects and it's actually the the way um, why the company is so interesting for me because we are doing so much different um, types of lighting starting from retail, as you said, to automotive, um, doing some not so common stuff like airplanes. Um, and that's, or... definitely, that's definitely something <laughs> I, I would like to, um, to peek in as well. But sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, continue. Yeah. So we are not doing um, just boring office stuff or boring <laughs> facade lighting or the, the nearest bank uh, entrance hall. Um, quite funny projects all over the world as i said and yeah um i think we we have really some nice projects and it's a fun to work uh, in kind of this projects um yeah and of course some um, we have done many projects with with automotive and uh, for the car industry mm-hmm. um and I don't know why in the last uh, years, most of these projects are ending on my desk and in my team. <laughs> and uh, I think I kind of enjoy it uh, to, to do it because, um, yeah, it's uh, it's always fun working with, uh, uh, with cars and to have this experience uh, uh, in the projects from the projects before. And maybe I don't know why, but um, maybe... Also, my boss, uh, Mr. Von Kardoff, um, he is very into cars. He likes cars. He loves cars. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's uh, maybe, uh, uh, yeah, he, he, when there is a project coming with cars, There's he's a personal also interest, very, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah, we, we've done uh, projects for, for Audi, for Volkswagen, for BMW, for Porsche. For Mercedes, a lot of projects, um, Bugatti. So basically, <laughs> all the all the big yeah. ones. Um, yes. So when I remember, or when I recall, 
any kind of so any kind of lighting sh any kind of um, automotive shoot where you would have like a like a TV commercial you would always try to have large scale blowing glowing soft boxes over over the cars that you would sort of enhance the lines and the the the, the curves and the line flow of the car do you do you in 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 all the history of like lighting cars do you have like a like an insight that you that you would be able to share that you say okay in order to make the car pop the most and sparkle the most of course you want to have like a like a point source as well um are there any kind of challenges where you try to use only um monopoint sources as um where where you only have like one led source as a core or do you say sometimes we have in still some of the event lighting where you see like i think i've heard it only in, in the german um sense that there's like some sort of a smarty effect where you have like the single led dots and the the mixing of the leds actually happening in in individual dots or what are what are your what works very well what kind of light source works very well to light cars and what are the challenges to light cars actually um i think there are different ways to do it and i think there is not a um the typical way mm -hmm. but it really depends on the on the on the type of project um i think it depends also on on the type of cars you're try to illuminate um is it a historical car in a in a right. uh, historical museum or is it a, a showroom where you have totally modern the newest cars um and also what is the uh the surface of the car is it historical with uh no metal flakes in the in the in the surface in the paint or is it a, a flip-flop uh high-tech paint on the latest uh, Mercedes uh, mm -hmm. uh, car. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Um, of course, this um, linear lighting where you want to have a kind of horizon reflected in a line um, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the silhouette of the car, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of nice way. And this is how the showrooms and the presentation rooms in the uh, design centers of the car industry is mostly working. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this kind of uh, solution you cannot apply for a um, historical museum or for a showroom uh, where the customers needs to walk around and where it's maybe not the, the just one position from where you can yeah. look at the cars. Um, so I think we are trying to find the, the correct and the best solutions for all different applications we are doing. For example, when we, we did a, um, the Zeithouse in Wolfsburg in the Autostadt, that's their historical car museum, mm -hmm. um, we had the opportunity to do a lot of mock-up tests. And uh, um, because this was, uh, in this time, the first automobile and museum what uh, want to use fully LED technology. What, um, year, so, what, what year was that? Oh God, um, what was it? 2008 or something, or 2009. Wow, okay, uh, so pretty early, and, yeah. Yes, and um, 
it was actually a really challenging to find a luminaire what has uh, a luminous flux from approximately 1,000 lumens wow. in white in a, in a good color rendering. It, it was uh, not so easy to find it, and then we found it. But before, we did a lot of tests with um, linear solutions, but not just a diffuse one with, um, with uh, directed light mm-hmm. and uh, turnable to arrange them for different um, exhibition layouts um so really really crazy stuff also with some grids of points but uh later on um we had because there was two areas in this um, museum uh we went for a um a very easy solution because uh we we know that the exhibitions will change a lot of times during the year mm-hmm. um and so we came up with concepts what are really flexible and not um, maybe the the actual car was not perfectly lit, but overall, all these cars, what are there was maybe to 90% correctly lit. Uh, But um, because we know that the, 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 um, the person who is responsible for the exhibition Mm -hmm. is not the person who can illuminate a car very much in detail maybe as we could do it um but they are just putting the car in in a row and the lighting should be as best and as yeah as possible without any special adjustment so we did a, a very raw lighting um so when wherever the cars are parked and rotated and tilted um the lighting was mostly correct and um so kind of robust solution and also um the, we had in another area uh, we did this with downlights in the other area we did it with uh, track spots mm-hmm. but we um adjusted the light color um in the areas where we had no um daylight we adjusted the light color um depending on the different type of paint um in uh so when there was a, a or greenish each individual or, car yes yeah. I- exactly uh when there was a greenish car or a bluish car we make it with a, a softly lighter a softly um Enhanced more tint. neutral yes exactly um yeah. to to support actually the the natural color of the of the paint and in areas where the cars has a maybe reddish or um um white we adjusted it to a more warmer light mm-hmm. so it was kind of so the cars was really a kind of attractive presented mm-hmm. uh, we, and uh, this um was a good solution uh to, to work with this so here basically we had um uh point light sources but um yeah i mean we know there are some reflections into it but uh, when you're doing it not with uh, 20 luminaires, so just maybe with four luminaires for one car or six, then the reflections are the reflections of the car and the, the points of the luminaires, what you will see as mm-hmm. a reflection in the paint, are mostly uh, you can work around and you are not um, uh, uh, interrupted by, by these reflections. It's really a nice, understandable mm. lighting solution. Yeah. And also, um, 
what from our point what is kind of important is a surrounding um, and in all the projects we are trying to um, figure out also what is the correct floor finish and the background for for this lighting we did some other project with porsche when they had a white floor and when you're illuminating cars from different sides each um, luminaire makes uh, on the other side of the of the lit the surface as a shadow yeah. and suddenly also on the paint and on the floor, especially when it's white floors, there are crazy shadows popping up. What are, uh, yeah, destroying actually the kind of beauty silhouette of a car. So um, in this project, we are, yeah, talking with the architect and with the exhibition uh, architects how we could uh, give an input on the on the surfaces of the surrounding till that it that it's just the car is in the center of the um of the environment yes and do you do you and do you feel so there were like a couple of things that you that you that you mentioned that are i think very very interesting from beginning of like having a museum lighting where you as a designer as a lighting designer you have a very good input but let me um uh, just before i potentially um jump in and and get back a little bit do you have the feeling that architects actually respond to your input or do they say no the white floor for example in this example this is a given must and we can definitely not change do you have the feeling that architects and exhibition designers they have general already um, a good sense and understanding of lighting that this is actually uh, something that is is valuable to be negotiated mm, I think when you're talking with them and you to telling them this might be a problem in the project when we have a white floor and this will happen um since they are quite open and really interesting um because i mean of course they don't want to do any mistakes uh and want to have a, a perfect result and um also uh maybe the, the users and their exhibition architects uh they they know mostly that the the car as an object is a um, the most important thing, and um, this this should be presented in the best way. Actually, so um, they are quite open to our uh, input and um, our recommendations. Mm -hmm. So, but but mm -hmm. sometimes it's this is interesting. Um, uh, when you have to illuminate black cars. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I mean, we all know when you're lighting on a black surface, it's still a black surface. Yeah. You need, um, uh, yeah, so this is quite difficult to, to communicate that always black cars are the most complicated cars to illuminate and they are, um, yeah, you can put a lot of uh, light onto it. It's still uh, stays a black car so in this kind of uh, um, yeah so, uh, situations you really need to find some other uh, solutions like um, white surfaces um, who are can who can reflect um, as a surface as a, as a big surface mm -hmm. in this in the in the material of the car that that's why that's why I thought it is having a museum setup or a lighting system setup for cars that works without any major adjustment in like 90% of the cases, I think that's, that's actually quite high because you have 
as a lighting designer at the beginning, you have like an idea what kind of cars and what kind of objects you have in a museum. But after like a certain time, um, where the the quality of the installed design system actually plays out, it's like the biggest challenge because everyone, the curators and who is who is in charge of for the of the museum, they just have a complete different set of cars, for example, and having the a complete changing variety of cars and challenges to make them look good and then a system in place that works in 90% of the cases uh, is already i think a very high very high percentage do you do you actually go back in and is this something that Carter, for example offers that we do okay after uh, construction administration that there we offer for example like a follow-up and we say hey um, we train the curators and the and the lighting specialists in the museum to make adjustments sort of on our behalf or has this happened that a, a company came to you and said like hey uh, we did the opening like a year ago and now we are having a new expedition ex exhibition would you be able to give further input on the new exhibition or is this something that's usually not that common mm, i think this this happens um I, we did it several times for maybe the also the uh, Neues museum in berlin um mm -hmm. with a egyptian uh, exhibition uh, because i mean we did this um the concept and we worked out the solution for the lighting and um Uh, we adjusted maybe in the first uh, step the lighting to the exhibition um, and uh, yeah after a while the, the clients uh, uh, came up and uh, when they changed the exhibition and uh, we should support them by adjusting their the new exhibition layout i think that's happened quite often but um, <clears throat> in this cases where we are not involved before we are try to do a very good documentation of our work mm -hmm. so um uh, try to communicate which fixture is doing uh what and what is the um the story behind and um yeah we, we try to um uh do a good communication with a uh, with the actual user who is later in charge of it that he can adjust the lighting also by by themselves wow, and, I, th I think uh, that's That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. So that means that you that you after you finish a project that you you sort of create like some sort of a handbook of um, yeah basically a guideline for for the user in the space. I, that's I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, this is what we what we um, try to do. I mean, it's of course depending on the projects, but um, we did it in a in a very um, precise way when we. When we did this, for example, for um, a retail area, we did a lot of um, work for Hugo Boss and we developed with them the worldwide global lighting guidelines. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a, it's not a museum, but it's a it's also um, the the correct presentation of goods. Um, and um, we worked out how this um, the shop lighting in in their and all shops in the world should be and i mean we there are i don't know uh, how many stores uh, they have uh, on the world but um for this for example we did a um a global guideline mm -hmm. um so first of all for the 
for all the lighting designers who are involved or mostly the uh, Lumina companies who mm -hmm. are working for Hugo Boss that mm -hmm. they know what is our intention, how the Lumines should be planned. Um, because, I mean, uh, there are several um, manufacturers, lighting designers of manufacturers mm -hmm. working on Hugo Boss projects. And they all should follow one guideline. And so then we know the luminaries on the correct position. But later on, when it's on site, that every shop manager should know how is the luminaire correctly adjusted to the special application, like mm -hmm. uh, vertical showcases, vertical elements. Um, so we here for this, we did a, we did a quite good, but very on point handbook um, showing how to adjust the lighting. Yeah. I think the more the more people are sort of in the kitchen, the more precise and accurate um, you need to be that everyone can sort of understand what it is all about. In the in the retail environment, it probably happens not that often that you have like a back end dimming system that's like fully automated and I know we are probably jumping here a little bit, but do you in in the projects where we're dimming and adjusting the scenes is um, probably like as important as the lighting itself? Um, do you have do you have always like an automated system in uh, in place, or do you? So I'm more familiar with the with the U.S. market at the moment. So we talk about more dimming systems from. I don't know, Lutron, Crestron, um, Catra. So everything what's like sort of coming up. Do you have for the hospitality environment um, systems in place that why I'm asking the question is everyone knows like the moment where you are in a restaurant and it's a manual control dimming system and then like any bar guy just dims up and down and you can feel the fade in like a second and the mood drops and you think, whoa, that was a big change. Um, yeah, do you have these systems in place? How much how much attention do you play to dimming? That's that's a that's a short question. <laughs> um, I think for all the um, hospitality projects, dimming and just all this control system is absolutely important, especially when you have um, applications like restaurants who are um, starting in the morning with a breakfast and ending up in the in the night was a kind of loungy club uh, ambient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to have this adjustments by uh, by a control system. And uh, when we are working on this uh, project, we are also specifying these different sceneries. And in I think we we go other in most of the projects, uh, we spend a lot of time on site adjusting the lighting. Uh, to this different sceneries and together with the with the actual users and with the client and with the architect together um that it's um yeah that it's on point that it's um the perfect ambient atmosphere for the application and um we did this in in different ways that it's um different sceneries uh, coming up automatically or um they are by the store or restaurant manager uh, applied manually. Um, but this is also important, as you said, the, when the lighting is switching between different sceneries, it should not be 
so crazy that the, the guests are um, uh, see it that it, there is a, some some changes now happening. Um, mm-hmm. So when we do a little fading scenes, maybe some seconds, um, so that it's not so visible. Um, and this is <laughs> uh, in, a, in a special way and in a very more a kind of complicated way. We did this for the airport, or for, no, for the airport, for the airplane project with Lufthansa, for the um, A350 also. Uh, I mean, uh, we all know it when you're sitting in the plane and suddenly the lines, the light switches from on to off and from uh, from different uh, scenarios, different scenarios, and uh, I think. Um, for the any, Lufthansa, any, we did it any, a... any rapid change in an airplane, I think, is something that you don't want to have in an airplane, where like you drop yeah. or you there's like a like an air or oxygen hole, and you just like drop, and it's like the same with the lighting. Yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah, what what yeah. what what did you? I think it's a very nice transition that we just made because now we are sort of combining like the automotive and and um, transportation industry, and I think the airport or I mean the airplanes, the airplane lighting design is a very great merge between these two fields um yeah so sorry i please go ahead uh yeah i think i mean um in the end the um hospitality project uh this is i think the their a350 was also a hospitality project um mm-hmm. because um food is is be um served, served yeah. there is um uh, the people need to relax. Um, they're watching uh, movies. Um, they're communicating to each other. So uh, the, yeah, the the airplane was their hospitality project, and um, we spent so much time to creating this sceneries. Um, and we <laughs> we have been locked for one week in um, wow. Finkenwerder at Airbus <laughs> together with the Lufthansa guys uh, to to uh, play around with the lighting and uh, uh, to apply their perfect uh, dimming values and color temperatures to the uh, to the different um, uh, to the different task on the on the plane. But I mean, um, playing is maybe not the correct word. We before we um, did quite detailed and proper um, tables and graphs um, and communicated this to Airbus that they can uh, pre-program it. And so it was just um, more a fine tuning um, in the sceneries. I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, of course, I understood that when you say playing around with light, it's um, at this level. And when everyone is looking at the website um, um, from Cardoff Lighting, um, you can tell just by the images of the projects how sophisticated um, lighting can be. And I think Cardoff is doing on so many levels um, and and the projects a very excellent job. is and I'm coming back to the interior of the airplane and hospitality in general. Um, is is dim to warm is something that we hear in the U.S. quite quite often that you have one light source or you have one fixture and in the fixture are two LED boards that you can change by dimming uh, or by by lowering the light output of the fixtures. Um, actually, the color temperature from let's say like 4K to like 22K. Um, is this something that you hear very often? And 
yeah, is this something that you hear very often and is this something that you applied in the airplane as well? Um, we have it, I mean, in, in all the projects um, since some years now, since the technology is available in warm dim um, or ambient dim or however it, it's mm -hmm. called, yeah. um, when it makes sense, we, we are applying it. In the, in the plane, it's a bit different because there is RGBW sources. Mm -hmm. um, there is not a um, kind of dim to warm. When we are dimming to warm, I mean, of course, we have it in the sceneries that it mm -hmm. becomes uh, less bright and also the color temperature is changing to warm. So it's in a way warm dim. But uh, here it's uh, for the plane it was uh programmed in a, in a curve what we have defined and in other applications um when we have maybe just downlights or spots um and we have warm dim chips and the normal drivers um there is a of course a curve inside the uh, the firmware of the of the drivers um so so it's a standardized um um Dimming curve. Uh, dimming, dimming curve. Um, and uh, our experience is that, um, and this is maybe the problem also for these kind of sources, that um, you want to have the warmish colors. Mm -hmm. um, but when you are dimming it down, suddenly the, the light color is correct, but it's not bright enough anymore. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so that is a bit of a uh, problem What what is there. Um, um, so, yeah, in some projects, it's maybe easier and better uh, to go not for warm dim, uh, just have the correct and warmish light color, what you're actually looking for. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in the moment we are doing a project, no, we did several projects already, I will say, uh, for Losteria. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a famous pizza brand in uh, Germany and um, expanding now to other countries. And um, since, yeah, before they had uh, halogen and um, normal incandescent technologies, and um, they had quite bad experience with LED. Oh, I mean, of course they are, they went to a, um, uh, to a shop, bought some 2,700K mm -hmm. uh, LED retrofit fixture, uh, mm. fixtures, installed them, and the lighting was not good. And so they kicked it out immediately and mm -hmm. um, come back to halogen. And um, we did the, um, the transfer now to LED technology, and um, and the major target was the atmosphere should not be different from halogen. a dimmed a dimmed halogen. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so we decided to go for um, a 2700K LED retrofit and um, with some additional um, color filters, mm -hmm. um, professional ones. And um, so in the end, then we have 2200 Kelvins. Um, and so from what the I, what, from the beginning, the the, the correct uh, light color is there, and when you dim it, you still have the correct um, color temperature. So this was our strategy in this kind of project. What are what what you what are, what what are professional filters? What do you what do you mean by that? Is it like a filter that's like coming with the, is it a glass filter that came with the lamp, or 
uh, do we talk about leaf filters or? Um, yeah, I mean, they are from the foil filters from Lee and Roscoe and all the other companies are quite okay. But in this project, uh, there was uh, glass filters and um, I will not <laughs> um, do some advertising here for from an effectors, no, 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 no. but uh, I mean, you're calling from the US. So the Zora brand, I think they have some really interesting the snap-on um, lenses. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. this is what we used also for for the Losteria project. And I think there is not. It's not about efficiency, and it's not about uh, um, uh, energy saving. You're you're looking for the perfect color temperature, and um, I think in this case is this glass filters um, and the Zora retrofit lamps and the fixtures are quite good. Um, and um, yeah, this was also the answer or the result what we had in the in the meetings and on site with a with a client. Uh, he was um, really happy that he is there is now a solution what we could um, develop uh, for him, um, but with LED. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I completely agree. That I think that there are some that there are solutions out there that are. But at the same time, that's where I think a lighting designer is so important because, and I think the qualities of LED fixtures, anyone sort of the end user can buy at Ikea, for example, or in any kind of um, Home Depot construction market, that the quality actually got better and, and the industry pays more attention to the like the basics of an LED quality. But in order to make uh, a full integrated LED solution for any kind of application, you need to have um, yeah, a deeper, much deeper knowledge of, of lighting. Um, coming uh, super quickly back um, to, to, the, um, to the airplane, you mentioned that the light source there was RGD, RG, um, RGBW. Um, with RGBW, it's always, it's I think even more challenging to find the right um, the right sweet spot that the the white light mixture actually looks like a clean white and sometimes it actually can have like a little tint. Um, is this something that you experienced um, while you were uh, making these tests on the planes as well, or was the product that you've chosen was it that? sophisticated in terms of the determination to find the white as like a clean white? Um, actually, there was not the chance to specify a special lighting. Um, so it's, a, it's a standard product in all Airbus um, uh, airplanes. And uh, of course, Boeing also have uh, mostly the, nearly the same luminaires integrated than Airbus. Um, and um, what what we did is um, particular looked in the sceneries and really to define the exact um, color temperature. Um, so, uh, I mean, all the luminaires in the airplane are maybe some years um, not uh, in the back, they are not really up to date because when your uh, all luminaires have special certificates and tests and approves, and um, 
So it's not the latest, latest technology, what they have installed, mm -hmm. yep. but there is a quite good control system. And I mean, Airbus and uh, Boeing, they're a bit different, but um, it's possible to uh, to give, um, to tell them we want exactly this kind of color temperature. And there is a chance also to adjust it uh, with the uh, lighting guys from the, airplane manufacturer um, on site to a, a really kind of precise level. And I mean, um, there are um, some testing uh, pieces what you can connect to your iPhone um, to to double check and to measure um, that it's really the correct values what you're looking at, especially um, because for the A350 and for the Lufthansa project, we uh, took this chronobiological uh, topics into account to mm -hmm. um, uh, to use there the latest knowledge of the um, research of the of the research exactly. So we are talking most likely about circadian rhythm and fighting jet lag because in an airplane you of course are changing time zones. Is how is this is this yeah how did how did you how did you did you find solutions for that is it like a, is it like a time sensor is it like a how how does it how does it actually change mm, yeah this was a quite difficult topic in the end i mean mm -hmm. there are so many different people flying with the planes uh, some yeah. of them traveling back uh, to their home destination some are traveling just for a one-day business meeting mm -hmm. and uh, going back on the next day and um, some of them flying to a destination and stay there for 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 weeks um, so I think um, and also there are some other requirements in the plane like security and the services um, and uh, uh, the regulations what you have in an airplane um, so that you need to do a lighting what is um, the so, correct lighting mm. for actually all people. Mm. Um, I mean, and um, yeah, we, we try that the, the lighting is in a way supporting um, this, uh, this anti-jet lag effect. Um, but I mean, it's not a medicine <laughs> what we are doing. It's just a, a supporting of... Um, yeah, it just a small supporting what we could do with the lighting. Um, yeah. Are there other other requirements in an airplane? Is it similar, like for example, um, like the walkways in a theater that when the show is on and in the equivalent in the airplane when they are just sort of in the in the fly mode and no one is. Um, sort of supposed to be seated but can walk around are there light levels that are sort of required is it just like the one lux or minimum light level all over or are there any recommendations that airbus or um, the airfare industry has has put out um yeah for example um we all know it that um during uh taxi and takeoff um when the lighting is um, switched off or dimmed down to a very, very low level. This is a requirement because uh, it's when there is an accident that the people are um, related somehow to their, 
to their surrounding when they are uh, escaping from the airplane in the emergency case that uh, they are adapted to to the lighting so this is the reason why their lighting is uh, needs to be uh, turned or switched down um, while taxi and takeoff and landing mm-hmm. um, but also uh, for example that, pe- that people have... actually can look outside the windows or yeah no that when when the people are when outside it's dark the inside area should also be dark that when the people are going out that they are not shocked this okay, is so what it, they have mm-hmm. yeah they have told us that's so the yeah in order to relate to the, the actual environment in the outside that's, yes okay mm-hmm. okay yeah. yeah and also i mean uh, when you have this guiding lines on the floor um, for emergency and they are not um, electrical driven they are just by um, uh, how you call it um, electrofluorescent um, so there's there's saving there's, mm-hmm, there's tape there's like two it's like a, a, a component that charges the light and it yes. emits it when it's dark yeah exactly so the surrounding lighting levels should be enough to to load this kind of strips mm-hmm. that it's uh, when the light turns off um, enough light is stored inside these little strips. So this is also a kind of requirement. But I mean, um, there are of course tasks like services from the crew and safety instructions, and uh, for these kind of um, uh, kind of um, um, Application. yeah applications um, the lighting should be really uh, appropriate mm-hmm. did did um, Lufthansa then roll out your design in all in their complete fleet of the a350 or was this for specific um, airplanes only no they did it for the yeah for the fleets who have the technology, installed um, this RGB uh, W systems. Um, and I mean, uh, for all three A350s, it's uh, it's coming. It's then pre-programmed by Airbus. And then when it's um, it's sent out, it's already on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think later on they did it for the Boeing. Now, we have been also involved into it. But um, for the Boeing 777, um, they um, applied the solution or together with with us we applied this system also um, to the to the other uh, fleet but um, I mean in in all this um, short trip flights there is just white LEDs installed so they don't have the full um, the full LED set on board okay Jan, we are already talking uh, for 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 quite some time. Um, I don't want to um, I don't want to take more time out of your out of your day. Um, is there what is um, are there any other projects that you would like to just bring up? What you're super excited about right now, or are there um, yeah any any points? I think. So why I why I'm I'm sort of struggling right now is because there are so many things that we can talk about and it's probably for all people who are listening and people who are not related to lighting it's probably hard to understand 
like how much you can talk about light <laughs> um <laughs> and how yeah how sophisticated it actually can can end up and can be are there um, any any projects that you think are absolutely on the forefront where you think this is um this is something where the industry will be changing quite rapidly um mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> not so easy to answer because i mean we did uh, i don't know know how many projects 600 projects yeah, in the yeah. since um the company card of engineers founded and um i think in the moment one of the most challenging projects we have is a new dubai airport i mean dubai has already an airport but mm -hmm. they will build up a new one mm -hmm. it's Uh, now a bit on delay, but it is the biggest airport in the world, or maybe the second biggest, um, biggest um, what they are building. And this project is difficult because it's so, so huge. And all this project is done uh, fully in, in Revit, in BIM. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is a new topic um, for, for our lighting design Um Uh, for all lighting designers and yeah. um, I think here we we did a lot of um, learning and we did a lot of um, own research how we could um, work with Revit in a proper way because mm -hmm. uh, in yeah it's it's so big just the I don't know just their parking has 20,000 luminaires so wow. um it's, and uh yeah it's it's a really big project um and uh how to handle this and how to to work with BIM for this big project this is um uh, quite interesting and quite challenging and I think we have a good strategy we're starting now with a uh, with a detail design No, with detail design, design, we're starting with final design now, mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, this is. I think this quite is challenging. That's. I think it's. Um, yeah, I, I totally can relate to it um, because this is something that does not. It just the way the way of working and the way how we sort of implement and execute our designs. I think it's not necessarily. Um, a topic, and you probably can can speak to that a little bit better, is that it does not necessarily change the way how we understand and design light, but it is much more how sophisticated the technology goes and how we actually potentially sh save time using technologies or softwares like Revit. But as far as I'm concerned, there are... It, Revit is, of course, mainly a construction software to bring all the different components together. And there is no real sort of uh, field or tab for lighting elements, right? I think so far we have to develop lighting families ourselves. And there are some companies that are better providing information for their fixtures for Revit. But what are what is the... What is the what is the most interesting part about Revit, and what are the challenges to um, to get all the information across? I mean, we are part of a team um, from architects, from electrical engineers, from interior designers, from uh, uh, facade planning offices, and um, for this big projects. And we are working then in in um, in BIM. Um, we need to work 
together. I mean, for the airport, we are doing just the public areas and the electrician engineer is doing the lighting for all back of house areas. But in a way, it needs to be put everything together. So there is a uh, all families should be coordinated that all parameters are matching to each other that the um, um, all this information what are in these families can be later um, uh, put together in tables and um, statistics what uh, yeah so it's um, we need to to think about uh, the, the teamwork and um, I mean there are manufacturers providing this kind of families but in the end um, all do it different ways and um, for this kind of complicated projects we need to find um, own ways and create own families that it's um, matches together with all the other um, people who are involved in this kind of projects um, so but it's 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 a uh, I mean it's not changed our our design work so much but it's um, the the handling and the communication of the lighting mm -hmm. um, what what is um, changing now we are not doing um, 2d plants anymore mm -hmm. uh, we are working fully in 3d mm -hmm. and um, yeah so it's um, it's actually a new way of, of team playing I think that's a, that's a wonderful that's a wonderful approach. I think what is zooming out again a little what is so crazy that lighting design as a profession itself is just so young. Let's call it like 100 years, maybe 120 years. Of course in there are like smaller ways how lighting always was applied in a more design way, but let's let's say roughly like the last 100 years the lighting design industry in itself was like sort of founded. And I think there are still a lot of things where the industry is still trying to define itself and just the the pace and the growth of the lighting design industry and how it understands itself is just so rapidly. So for example, compared to architecture that exists for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, now the change to rapid and different ways to communicate is something that they it's like it feels more natural to them and i think it appears feels like to me that as lighting designers we have to like sort of jump on so many different trains that are already moving at the same time what is i think extremely fascinating um of of this industry um in order to um to to sort of come to an end maybe i can um ask one one more question so If people are in Berlin, and I'm so excited how international um, how international the lighting design community is from Hong Kong, San Francisco, LA, Berlin, New York, it's just always super exciting to me. Um, if people should be in Berlin, do you have, um, maybe with your experience in hospitality and restaurants or bar background, are there any exciting places that you would recommend people should definitely check out in Berlin, not only the Brandenburger Gate, Uh, because you did the lighting for this as well, but for any other places where you think, if you if you're in Berlin and you're looking for anything experience, lighting experience related, you should definitely check this out. Um, I mean, Berlin, there are so many nice places uh, to to explore, but I think um, one really nice place is um, 
the entrance lobby of the Pullman Hotel Schweizerhof. Um, here is a, a 3D lighting sculpture, what we um, designed and actually technically developed. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, um, it's based on an idea of uh, um, a Moscow interior architects team. Wow. Um, and uh, uh, this are um, 800 uh, acrylic tubes with single LED point, all single addressable and making some 3D floating elements. Wow. And um, this is, yeah, of course it's a bar uh, and a restaurant uh, included in this area. So um, the lighting, the general lighting is a bit boring because uh, they spent all the money they had in this <laughs> really beautiful, <laughs> beautiful lighting sculpture. Um, and it's... Um, it doesn't need to be the downlights are quite bad what are uh, installed around and we are not being involved into it um but the the major element is this uh, 3d lighting sculpture and um there has to be a focus yeah yes and yeah we did the uh, different sceneries and uh depending on the time of the year you are coming in you see from kind of uh winter sceneries to uh Christmas sceneries mm -hmm. to uh, um, spring sceneries, um, a very different uh, lighting um, topics in mm -hmm. this. Uh, and I mean, you can have drinks there, you can sit on the bar. Um, it's a public area. You can just go in and, and have a look. It's um, quite a nice place. Super beautiful. Jan, thank you so much for your time. Um, uh, have a lovely day and I'm I hope we will speak soon because there are so many other things that I can see us talk about um, thank you so much thank you have a nice day <laughs>that was the conversation i had with jan i hope you enjoyed this episode i think it's always very very interesting and especially in the very dynamic um, transportation industry where you have always and ever-changing conditions if you have any comments uh, or want to reach jan i put his uh, contact details of his company in the show notes please reach out give comments uh, just hit me up on instagram Follow me under Thomas underscore Mnich. Um, let me know what you think, if you have any comments and questions. Um, yeah, uh, I would say I hear speak to you next week. Every Monday, we have a new episode for all lighting designers, architects, and interior designers. Have all a very wonderful week. All the best, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs>